Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings to you. Thanks for the uh, Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Kath, good to see you as well. Busy day. Busy day, John. Mm-hmm. Yes, they've been taking signage, or there's talk of the eventual date when the signage does come down mm-hmm. at uh, North Catholic High School, mm-hmm. which is now the new name, the official name of Bishop Whirl Catholic High School. We understand from press reports that this was Bishop Whirl's idea. Yes, and then there are others in the press who say the, not so fast. Perhaps that wasn't. However, regardless of whose ever idea and whose ever action that put this forward, the name essentially it will come down. It's a good move. For sure it's the right thing to do. No doubt. I, I just I don't I don't think there's any way that you can keep his name on a school for kids. <laughs> no. At any school, but a school for kids in particular. Exactly. So um it's been a long time coming, I think, right? I mean you look at the uh the outrage over the last couple of weeks, quite honestly, for the Catholic Church and for the diocese itself. Even though you know you saw this coming quickly, then the church does not normally act this in such an expedient manner. I'm sure they felt the pressure from news media Good. and parishioners. They should and feel the so pressure. They should, hopefully, they should feel the pressure from all of the possible outlets where yeah. pressure could come from. Yes, um, because if there ever was a time to do something, it is now. Actually, the time is long past. But now, at least that it has come to light, it's out in the public. Everybody who is able to read can get on a computer and click on the grand jury report and read it for themselves. Now is the time for the church to look like they are making an actual change. Yes, exactly. So uh, during our 4 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about this with a couple of different guests from uh, different angles. We've been doing this for the last several weeks, even before the grand jury report was released. If you want to look at the uh, the totality of all of our conversations, you can go onto our Facebook page. Nope. And, nope, you can go to our webpage, johnandcathyshow.com, mm-hmm. and see for yourself. You'll see at the very top of the page the link to the grand jury reports. And I think there's maybe 12 or 13 guests that we've spotlighted. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in this issue, perhaps if you have never joined us on our show before or you've just been able to you know join us a, a little bit here and there you can go on and just listen to one interview after another um, if you're kind of interested to see how the whole thing evolved mm-hmm. and how the conversation in pittsburgh changed exactly hey um uh, good news for uh, the city of pittsburgh we talked about this briefly the other day that we are number two apparently in most livable cities in the country come on It's virtually one because Honolulu, that's not a fair fight. No, it's Come not on. a fair fight. I mean, fight. everyone would want to live in Honolulu if they could. Although there's bad news today headed for Hawaii. I know there is. That's right. right. There's a hurricane on the way. Yeah, which could be a direct hit on uh, Honolulu. So that would take off some of the sheen, so to speak, of the most livable city in the country. It would certainly make it seem less livable. Yes. So you're saying that you believe that Pittsburgh should just usurp number the number one I believe that you know when you think holder? about Pittsburgh, as far as natural disasters and whatnot, we don't get earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes tsunamis, whatever, that befalls a lot of places, you know, that are most livable. Look at Southern California. Look at California. Look at Florida. Mm-hmm. People want to be in the sun. Well, I mean, it's kind of sunny out there right now. I mean, it's a gorgeous day. It is gorgeous. I mean, there's hardly any humidity. Yeah. It's just, you know, I think the high is like 73 or something. Perfect. This is beautiful August weather. Right. Have you had any of these yet? 
You hold up a peach. Mm -hmm. I had one peach. I had it in New York State last Mm -hmm. weekend. Mm -hmm. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's really the only one. I mean, I've had a couple that were not very good, so I can't count them. Mm -hmm. So I would say I've only had one peach. Okay. Sunday I bought some. They were not yet ripe, so I put them in a a little brown paper bag. And then today I walked over, opened the bag, and smelled it. I was like, yes, they're ready to go. So I've been having a little peach. Would you like a peach? I would like a peach. Okay, here you go. Oh, I'm thank hand you. It to you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not going to eat your peach, though. There's a little soft spot there at the bottom. There no, is please a soft eat spot. the peach. Yeah, no, I'm not please. eating it. I refuse to eat your peach. Why? Because you put it in a paper bag and you sniffed it and looked forward to it. <laughs> I'm, got, not gonna, I'm not, I'm not going to raise it. I've got a dozen I'm of I'm not going to remove the fulfillment of joy from you. I've got a dozen. This isn't fair. I walked to your studio today yeah. and I was like, hey, can I have that peach? And you flipped out on me. He so doesn't I didn't no, flip absolutely on. not. I did not. You can't have that. He doesn't care about you. And you offer it to Kathy? Mike, we've traveled a long road together. Yeah. You're, oh, you're new to this game. I, mean, Mike's I see. I see okay, how I am. You're new I'm, here. Number, I'm number two. No, no. You're number three. I'm, I'm Pittsburgh to Honolulu. <laughs> wow, that smells so delicious. Isn't that beautiful? You know what's great? How Sorry. about plain Cheerios, milk, With, and a fresh peach on top? Or two. I never tried that. Oh, that what? is so You've never tried that? And now. you have to put a little sugar on there. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. It is so good. Mm-hmm. What about peach ice cream? I had some last night. No, you didn't. Uh, Grater's. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Of course it was. This is peach season. When I was a kid and I was a paper boy, there was a customer of mine who had this beautiful peach tree. And I mean, they were the size, you know, I was a little kid. They were gigantic peaches. And she'd say, go ahead, whenever, just feel free. No, there was a short season, but always. I'd stop by there and eat three or four peaches on my paper delivery route. Mm. Yeah. Chambersburg peaches. I love that. Which is a big deal. I did not know what a big deal Chambersburg peaches peaches were. I've never are. heard of a Chambersburg peach. Oh, they, I've they, heard of the, the Georgia peaches. Yeah. Yeah, I had a friend that brought me some of those last year. Yeah. She's my better friend. Well, these are pretty good. Than she was before she brought I'm me the sure peaches. That for sure. All right, coming up next, we're going to look at someone who was on the outside um, in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, but wants to look in on the Pittsburgh situation. Tim Muldoon is a theologian, a professor, and author. He's going to talk about the Catholic Church scandal in Boston and what we can learn from that here in Pittsburgh. One hundred one point five WORD. This week on Insight for Living, we'll observe the humility of Jesus on the cross. There's every reason to believe that Jesus focused on the ultimate joy and focusing on you and me that day of infamy. He endured the cross without one voice of reproach. Chuck Swindoll's study in the Gospel of John reaches the apex this week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. So the only thing really keeping you from enrolling your children in Christian school is sports? Trinity Christian School answers that concern with boys soccer, girls volleyball, and track for boys and girls. A well-rounded Christian education with the sports opportunities you want? Now that sounds really good. Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. 412-242-8886. She's like, what do you want? Hey, many of you know my friend Todd Marley, and I've worked with him at Marley Financial. And if you have, then you know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance because they provide both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation, typical savings up to 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital you choose. If you want to go to Highmark or UPMC or Mayo Clinic,
like even Johns Hopkins, you can because Marley's giving you the power to choose what's best for you and also what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, because you don't have to worry about the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So give Marley Financial a call now, 724-884-1496, and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania, 724-884-1496, or online, marleyfg.com. While it's back to school for everyone else, you're looking to take your next step. If only your high school diploma came with a career game plan. The good news is Express Employment Professionals is here to help. If you're looking for immediate work, sign up for the Express Jobs app and you'll be able to apply for a variety of quality jobs quickly and easily. If you want to continue learning and building skills, you can access 18 free CTC courses through their Express Learn program. Learn more today at ExpressPros.com or call 412-264-2000. we know This radio station is your favorite. But did you know you can find even more great Christian stations now on ChristianRadio.com? More stations, more podcasts, and more uplifting faith-building programs. Download the app now by visiting ChristianRadio.com. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze, presents the 2018 Westminster Conference, Saturday, September 8th, at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God, preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. In talking about covering the Catholic Church sex abuse story here in the Pittsburgh Diocese, the sad news is this has happened and been well documented before in the Boston Diocese. Mm-hmm. Here to talk to us about that, a former Pittsburgher himself, is Tim Muldoon. Tim's a theologian, a professor, author of many books, including The Ignatian Workout with Sue Muldoon and The Discerning Parent, an Ignatian Guide to Raising Your Teen. He has taught Ignatian spirituality for many years at the undergraduate and graduate levels at Boston College, Washington Theological Union, and LaSalle University. Tim, welcome back to Pittsburgh. How are you, sir? It's great to talk to you again, John. Thanks for having me. Tim, talk about what the um, Catholic Church sex abuse crisis fallout looked like in Boston. It's a hard question to answer because obviously it hit a lot of people very differently, uh, most especially uh, the victims who were really, you know, for a long time the ones to speak out and call for uh, attention to this matter. Obviously, in some ways, that was a moment of, uh, you know, recognition that they had been carrying this pain for so long. And so, uh, very quickly, there were many, many people that rallied around behind the victims and, and said, you know, this is something that is, uh, so shocking and yet we have to take it head on. And so there was just these, these waves of residual pain and, and just anguish, um, you know, starting from, victims and then of course victims families and then you know family friends and, and neighbors and acquaintances and, and it was just I, I almost think of it as you know waves upon waves of just anguish and and uh, and turmoil particularly because it was against people that in in, in some cases uh, they knew very well their parish priest i see so tim uh, talk about your connection how far away were you from the epicenter of influence and reaction to the Boston scandal. I mean, because clearly you got Pittsburgh roots as well. So in many ways, this is an echo in your life. Yeah, that's exactly right, John. I was, uh, in fact, at the time living in Indiana, PA, 
uh, and I was teaching uh, at uh, a college in, in that part of the state. Uh, so, you know, my initial reaction was, gosh, you know, as a Catholic, I couldn't help but be, you know, very um, troubled by the uh, accusations and, and all of the uh, reports that were coming out. So I was at something of a distance from it when it first broke, and this is, of course, in the early 2000s. But uh, very soon thereafter, namely in 2005, um, I took a position at my alma mater, Boston College. Uh, I was uh, the inaugural, inaugural director of uh, an, a center that was dedicated to trying to do some rebuilding uh, in the wake of, of this scandal. Mm-hmm. So the Church in the 21st Century Center at Boston College was uh, established and still exists uh, as a resource uh, and a way to uh, try and look at uh, what uh, what was going on in the church besides just you know these these um, you know consequences of the scandal to ask what resources can we draw from to rebuild to you know try to find our way forward uh, but also deal with it responsibly and not turn away from the uh, grim realities that were being reported. Right. So it was in that position that I really started to um, you know hear from uh, both priests. Um, as well as advocates, uh, an organization called Voice of the Faithful was uh, started there during that period, and I met with them, and we went on to uh, publish a report about their work. So, you know, it, it, it again, it was just, it grew from this epicenter, and uh, and I started to uh, see the, the, the different ways that it was impacting people, specifically in Boston, but also around the country. So here's the tragedy of it. Um, Tim, with all that Boston went through, all that the victims um, most especially uh, endured during all of the years of abuse and then, of course, the revelations and all of the aftermath, it is hard to believe that here in Pittsburgh, 16 years later, we're just doing the same thing. Yeah, and, and that's what's particularly troubling about it is, is the continuity. So I, I, I have a uh, a friend that uh, observed that in some ways this is uh, a continuation of the same, same story raw problem right. exactly you know and 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 really we're even talking about similar time frames you know right. so some of these cases go back 50 60 70 years uh and and so that's to say that um, yeah there's nothing new under the sun what's particularly troubling about this time around though is that it's the Pennsylvania, you know, grand jury. That that is that is a heightened level of analysis. Um, you know, it's it's precisely to ask: Is there cause for bringing then criminal charges and and you know other legal actions against those who were uh, part of the criminal activity? So again, it's it's a level it's a level of scrutiny that um, is more than I think even um, you know the Boston Globe's uh, spotlight team. Uh, doing their background research, uh, and 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 the level of grim detail that we see in that grand jury report is is so sickening that uh, you know you you just can't help but uh, feel it again in a new way and in a particularly acute way uh, that frankly it, it needs to be known, but mm-hmm. but it just it's 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 painful nonetheless. Tim Muldoon is with us, a former Pittsburgher, now living in the Boston area. So, Tim, um, a friend of mine was talking about, uh, in his circle, he believes that 80% of the people he's talked with are saying, I'm, I'm done with the church. 
which I find heartbreaking and shocking. I'm sure you do as well as a, as a, you're a Catholic. And so what do you think? I mean, from your circles, whenever that happened in Boston, and now as you see the imprint here in the city of Pittsburgh, I mean, is that even a realistic number? Is that, is that a possibility that that sort of cataclysmic leaving of the church may happen? If Boston is the guide, then the answer is no. Uh, and, and I would, I would even suggest that, uh, you know, if, if we look carefully at what was unfolding in Boston, um, it, it really is a different circumstance because there the allegations and then the reports came out of nowhere. It seemed to, to many of us, it seemed like, you know, suddenly, uh, and an institution, an organization, a church that, you know, obviously we had great investment in personally and, you know, in terms of our families, et cetera. There was no way we could have seen this coming. There was absolutely no way that many of us could have seen this coming. Of course, you know, again, victims and families saw it differently. Uh, so, so the massive, you know, impact, you know, the earthquake-like impact uh, was, was so profound that, that I, I just, I, it's, it's hard to find uh, the right thing to compare it to. This feels more like really profound aftershocks, you know, mm-hmm. so we've had the earthquake. Uh, these are profound aftershocks, but we have a context within which to understand this because we have the prior story of Boston um, already. And by the way, this is just talking about what's going on in the United States. There, there are right. uh, you know, similar uh, stories that are unfolding, for example, in Chile and uh, in Australia. Um, you know, there, there are some differences there, but you know, it, 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 we're not naive the way that I think many of us were, let's say, uh, before the original scandal in Boston broke right but here's Um, the problem tim is is you're right we're not naive but i think that we're reaching a level of just overwhelming disgust i mean for it was it was it was anger at first it was i mean it's all of those things i don't mean to say that you can have one and and exclusively and not experience the other emotions but and and i'm not an i'm not a victim i'm just someone who's, who's living in pennsylvania and reading this grand jury report but someone who believes in jesus and i think this is absolutely revolting it's revolting and i'm just i'm so sick to death to think that this went on for decades and somehow people just thought okay well the very most important thing we need to do is protect the catholic church and then second or maybe third or fourth or depending on who it was then we'll figure out how to protect the victims yeah yeah no I, i i take your point and and in fact i would even echo what you're saying to the extent that I completely understand that there are some who have reached their limit and, and simply say, I can't be part of this anymore. And, and that saddens me, but I completely understand it. And I certainly don't gainsay those who, uh, you know, are, are going to react that way, particularly, particularly if they are themselves victims or related to victims. But, and there's a but, uh, when I look at, for example, the young man who met with Pope Francis not long ago from Chile, and, and he, you know, talks about this, um, you know, this, this, uh, this consequence of having lived through abuse himself and, and hearing uh, Pope Francis's words to him, you know, people like that, they're still Catholic, you know, and, and so there's a depth and complexity to the Church um, that I don't think is, is going to be completely uh, overturned by virtue of the fact that there are criminals in its midst, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and so there's, there's a complexity there. And here, you know, I'm not trying to play the, you know, naive 
drum beater and say, you know, I'm Catholic, therefore you should be too. I'm simply observing that faith comes from a place that is not directly related to uh, the kinds of things that we're talking about. And so, you know, if there are victims and if there are victims' families who themselves remain Catholic and, and find that there's something good and beautiful and holy in the majority of their experience of the Catholic Church, then I'm certainly not going to say that the institution is so rotten as to no longer be a channel of grace for them. I don't think I'm in a position to say that. Right. And I don't anticipate, you know, based on people that I've talked to, uh, that, that, again, that there's something so different from what happened in Boston, you know, 15, 17 years ago. Uh, you know, that, that it's going to be so different from what we saw during that pattern. Right. Teacher, author, speaker, Tim Muldoon is with us. Tim, uh, what's interesting is there are sort of a, um, a divide in the news media. Now, we've talked to a, a lot of different people over the past two weeks, and often in conversation it comes up about the uh, the strain of uh, gay clergy or homosexual priests that find their way into seminaries and all the way up through the Vatican. Now, mainstream media, for whatever reason, is loath to report on that, and other people, other media, other writers and thinkers are willing to go there. Uh, can you talk about that from your perspective of what you know? Because, you know, the word is that the church is so, uh, this is not a cruel word, infected mm-hmm. with the with the um, tenor and the uh, tone of gay clergy that it's a, a seminal part of the Catholic theology today. And, you know, people will say, well, you know, just because you're gay, you're not necessarily a pedophile. And I get that, of course. But you cannot deny the fact that most of this abuse. I mean, 80 plus percent of them are older men and young men. Right. Whether these men are kids and we could label it pedophilia or they're seminary students who are 18 years old, 19, 20, 24. Right. So what about that? I mean, how does the Catholic Church have the stomach for that to even go into this to 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 root out gay priests or seminarians and what does that even look like? I mean, it just seems like this huge quagmire. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. I mean, you're you're certainly recognizing the uh, complexity of the question, and and so I'll, I'll try to answer that as best I can because it is a complex question. I see several things going on. Uh, number one, there have been. Uh, studies to try and parse exactly, you know, what we're talking about when we're talking about the kinds of crimes that were committed, uh, and, and even the, you know, the, the gravity and the, you know, who are the victims, you know, as you said, you know, even the age, all of those things are implicated. So, you know, there have been, uh, those that have taken a more or less psychological approach. There have been those that have taken a more or less institutional approach in terms of the cover up. You know, so there are lots of strands there to untangle. Uh, from my perspective, and, and, and I don't claim any um, more authority on this question sure. than the evidence warrants, from my perspective, um, the simple accusation, it's gay priests, is, is too simplistic. I don't know of anybody who has studied this question in any sort of depth. And, and when I say that, I'm talking about those that have you know, written books and written the studies. I don't see anybody who has written on this with any sort of nuance suggesting that it's simply a matter of let's root out those who have homosexual tendencies. I just don't, I think that's low hanging fruit. I think that's an easy target and I don't think it does justice to uh, the complexity of the, the question. Um, now the further point, and, and you know, this is the much larger point is, well, what about the church's just own dealing with um, that 
phenomenon, you know, homosexuality, gay culture, all that sort of thing. Your, your question was, you know, does the church have the, have the stomach for it? That's kind of a twofold question. Uh, you know, does the church, i.e. the people who constitute, you know, the Catholic Church, have the stomach for it? Yes, they want to, you know, think about that responsibly. I hope, I mean, I dearly hope that that's the case. If you're asking, however, does the hierarchy, do, do those who have, you know, the position of leadership in the church, you know, have the stomach to um, uh, address that question? Very, very different one. Very, very different okay. one. And, and that one is particularly thorny, uh, because, you know, uh, number one, we don't know, um, you know, themselves who we're dealing with. Um, number two, we're talking about institutional structures that, that you know, those that have even been charged with uh, investigating have found in some ways impen- impenetrable, you know, to, to even report on this accurately. So that, to me, is a particularly tricky question and one that it doesn't admit of an easy answer. However, and this will be my last point because I realize I'm going on here. That's good. Um, I think the major change is going to be that there are more lay people who are saying enough is enough. You know, it, 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 we're just not going to deal with this being right. in the hands of clergy. We're not going to deal with it just being in the hands of bishops. And, and, and there are, by the way, bishops themselves who absolutely second that and say, yes, there should be lay people involved. Yeah. Um, you know, if there were more moms involved from the get-go, we would have a very, very different story. Yeah, that's really good. Right, and the whole idea of difficulty, you said, you know, it's such a thorny issue, there isn't even an, an, you know, a person who's been able to investigate it. See, there's something there that 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 can produce scandalous behavior when there is some sort of structure which repels any sort of investigation or any sort of entrance into it it becomes like any secret society where all sorts of base human impulses start to just feed on each other and so that type of secrecy that goes on in the priesthood or in the bishophood or whatever it is i just feel like that's something that's gonna have to be done away with we just it's it just it, it has shown to be an incubator for all sorts of evil yeah and and here's the rub uh, to me that's that is happening. I mean, clerical culture uh, is already being, I think, dismantled. Uh, and, and, you know, why do I say that? Well, frankly, the, the numbers just aren't there to perpetuate it. I mean, you know, let me use very concrete examples. It used to be the case that um, every parish had a priest in charge, and, you know, there was a, there was a parish school. Um, there were a lot of priests. And we're in the age now when... I don't, I don't think there's, I mean, there's got to be a handful, maybe even if that, of priests who, like, run a Catholic school, for example. Mm-hmm. There are even um, fewer priests now that, that, heck, even run a parish. I mean, you know, there, there are many now merged parishes. Of course, Diocese of Pittsburgh has now had this, you know, massive yep. plan to, you know, realign parishes. And, Church and that's going to have a huge impact, a huge impact. We've already seen it here in Boston. We have collaboratives. More and more lay people are taking leadership. Uh, and, and much of that is absolutely for the good. My wife uh, is a uh, religious education director at our parish. She can tell you, you know, on the ground level, what has already changed. And, and there are massive, massive changes. At no time in our parish is uh, any child alone with an adult. At no time. I mean, we, we have to go through such rigorous, you know, checking and rechecking to make sure that at all times, a young person is with at least two adults, you know, and, 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 you know, sometimes she throws up her hands in despair and says, God, this is so cumbersome. You know, when you just got a, 
you know, make sure that you know, when, when, when this little child is, is going off to the bathroom, that there are two adults present, this kind of stuff. But, um, it, 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 you know, the, the structure is changing, and so the clericalism is already falling away. And so here's where, you know, I issue the reminder. We're talking about reports that are now, again, in some cases, decades old. And so, you know, we're, we're already seeing the way that that clerical culture is being dismantled. That's good. Well, Tim, thanks an awful lot. We really appreciate your candor and your insight here into your experiences and uh, the time spent with us. So uh, we thank you here for your time. Thank you, guys. Pleasure's ours. Tim Muldoon, he's a teacher, a writer, a speaker, the author of The Discerning Parent and a Nation Guide to Raising Your Teen. Tim Muldoon. Take a break, come back. We've got lots more ahead. We're just starting out here. It's the ride home, first mile, here on Word FM. It's the Ford Summer Sales Event. And now, while selection is best, it's the best time to buy. With amazing offers across a full lineup of Ford vehicles, now is the time to make summer go right with Ford, America's best-selling brand. Stop by a local Ford store or shop online at buyfordnow.com because there is no better time than right now to get behind the wheel of a new Ford during the Ford Summer Sales Event. The Ford Summer Sales Event is here. Right now, get 0% APR financing for 60 months plus 1,000 bonus cash on the 2018 Echo Sport. Best-selling claim based on 2017 calendar year sales. Not all buyers will qualify for Ford credit financing. 60 months at $1,667 per month for 1,000 finance regardless of down payment. For all offers, take new retail delivery from an authorized Ford dealer stock for 831.18. See dealer or go to buyfordnow.com for qualifications and details. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? $200, $300, or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to read your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. Our best seller, the Plug-In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com. That's go. PestFree.com, promo code RADIO20. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. Estate administration isn't something we do on the side. It's the heart and soul of our practice. Any attorney can write a will, but we have the experience to administer your estate plan properly to achieve the goals we all share, to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones you love. How you get there is specific to your situation. So let's talk. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Mothers Against Drunk Driving supports victims of drunk driving, drug driving, and underage drinking at no charge. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. That's M-A-D-D dot O-R-G. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. 
Some spots will see a shower early on this evening, mostly in the laurels. Otherwise, some patchy clouds tonight becoming cooler and more comfortable overnight. Low 54, we do have to watch for some fog later tonight and early tomorrow. Turning out mostly sunny tomorrow, a beautiful afternoon, 75. Low tomorrow night, 54, and remaining pleasant for Friday with a good deal of sun, 78. I'm AccuWeather's Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. segment brought to you by Grove City College. To our friends at Grove City, John and I thank you both so much for your support of our program. You Grateful sure for the confidence that you've placed in us. Look forward to our ongoing partnership. All right, John, um, celebrity birthdays for today. Um, a favorite of ours. You know, we like comedians. Oh, yeah. And we become, like most people, really particular about the comedians we like. Yeah, because um, there's a lot to choose from now. One of our favorites is turning 40 years old today. Any idea who that is? No. James uh, Corden. Oh. Oh, yeah. Do you watch the show at all? Um, I never see his show. Live. But, and I never see a show live. I see but I see carpool clips, karaoke. Yeah, but I see clips online, particular carpool karaoke. Yeah. I think he is a giant talent. He is. He's sort of redefined in some ways late, late night television, right? So he's not, he's not the A-lister. He's one back. Right. And he's also not the caustic presence no. of a... Um, you know, uh, The Daily Show, Jon Stewart. Or Colbert. Or Colbert, any of that. So he's kind of left that behind. Plus, he's not American. So he's comes in, coming from a little bit of a different cultural yeah. understanding. Plus, he's a big Broadway star. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, he, he's already won a Tony. Yeah. Uh, Best Actor Tony, I believe. Exactly. How do you jump from Broadway into broadcast television? I don't know. And, and it's a big talent. You know, I, one of the things I love about him, and I think this is the essence of why Carpool Karaoke works, is the fact that he never stopped being a fan. Yeah. And he never stops being a fan. Right. Well, that Paul McCartney thing that oh was my gosh. you know, it went viral. How a many month views or so ago. does that have? Yeah, that millions a, and millions of views. He spent 20 minutes with Paul McCartney and he does this with how many people? I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And it's funny because he's got a great voice as well. He's truly a performer. He you really is. Yeah. He's a great performer. He's got a great voice, but he's also goofy. He doesn't take himself seriously, even all. remotely. But you want to talk about somebody who is prepared, who has the whole thing worked out. That Paul McCartney thing. Oh my gosh. That is perfectly to the done tea. perfectly done yeah so happy birthday yeah happy birthday 40 to James years Corden. of age 40 years of age James Corden. Okay. and uh, his wife just had another baby very nice recently a couple Living. a couple months ago three so he's got uh, his dad of three nice. um also very <laughs> i don't even know why i'm bringing this up okay. national tooth fairy day yeah <laughs> you want okay. to talk about it mike so my, we've we've left it's the tooth fairy far behind. Sure. Now you're going to be the tooth fairy at some point. Yeah, at some aren't point. You? Oh yeah, which is a Definitely. lot of fun. Well, at this, this point, at this point though, Doctor J, who is New Mike's son, yep. is yes. is just acquiring. He's not yes. losing yet. It's going to be a couple of years. I, I, literally, I have a bag of teeth in a drawer. You kept the teeth? Oh yeah. Listen, oh, I just found a tooth yesterday. I had I had this little like silver. It's like a uh, a sterling silver round like little looks like a pillbox kind mm-hmm, of thing mm-hmm. that my mother-in-law got for me, which I guess is something that, that was important in her Swedish family. I see. And you're supposed to put your child's first tooth in there. So yeah. I have both of my daughter's first teeth. I showed my 16-year-old. She was like, that's disgusting. What? Why? She, uh, no, it's sweetly sentimental. No, it is not sweetly sentimental really? to her. No, seriously. It's I, creepy. How many teeth do you have, John? Maybe 18. <gasps> so? That's the, that. 
That's okay, gross. listen. No, listen. No, that's no, that, that's no, no, reached no, no, the no, creep no, stage. No, yes. no, it isn't. No, in each tooth I have, it's in a little baggie, and there's a note that I wrote about the particular time in the kid's life while this was going on. It's cute, but still gross. <laughs> I'm it, with Mike. It's not gross. I think it is. It's a piece of my kid. I think after the yeah. first tooth... Uh, you know, no, no, one no. and done. What are you going to throw in the toilet? I'm it's a gonna... piece of my kid. It's a piece of my. When I'm an old man, I'm going to sit on the couch and pull those little bags out no, and go. Not. Remember that time? And did if it... you do that, what they're the... going to put you do... in the home do... earlier rather than later. Yes, yeah, do, do you have all of their hair from all of their haircuts? No, no. I have just their first haircut. I've got little strands of hair. Don't yeah. you? Have... Did you save that? I think I I I may have lost that. <laughs> I don't want to say you guys are bad parents, but I'm, you know, I'm just telling you. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep Doctor J's first tooth, but okay. I'm probably not gonna collect all eighteen of them. No, no, it's just weird. Okay, weird. so do you have them? I've like, got my dad's you, dentures. You just kidding? Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> all, all I'm experiencing right now is relief. I'm just telling you. That's all I'm saying. We'll take a break. Come oh, back. Oh my gosh. Gavin Ortland is going to join us. We're going to talk about repentance. There's a lot to. To decipher here. Just a pair of dentures. I mean, what the heck? I love the guy. One hundred one point five WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And the way you maintain your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit and live the Spirit-filled life is setting our mind on those things and not tolerating anything else. In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. Buying a home should be one of life's best experiences, but today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments. And that can turn a great experience into an anxious one. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. It's called the power buying process. We check your income, assets, and credit to provide you with a verified approval, which can give you the strength of a cash buyer. Once verified, you qualify for our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days while you find your new home. Then, once you've found your new home, if rates have gone up, your rate stays locked. But if rates have gone down, your rate drops, and you get to keep that new lower rate. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Racial approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed-rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. If this were just any door, and this were just any ignition, connected to just any transmission, in just any vehicle, then perhaps it would be okay to buy it from just anyone. But this is not just any car. It's a certified pre-owned Mercedes-Benz. Every detail has been inspected and road tested by highly skilled Mercedes-Benz technicians. And it's all backed by an unlimited mileage warranty for up to five years. Which makes the decision of where to buy one simple. Your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer. The certified pre-owned sales event going on now through August 31st. Come in today and take advantage of first month's payment credit and special financing offers available through Mercedes-Benz Financial Services. Because in the end, it's absolute confidence in genuine Mercedes-Benz parts, or it isn't. It's either Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned, or it isn't. 
LLC or authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer for complete details and limitations on first month's payment credit and certified pre-owned warranties. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. past week in our reading and speaking about the Catholic Church abuse sex crisis here in the Diocese of the City of Pittsburgh, there's been a talk from some people about atonement or repentance. I was unsure about the the proper terminology of atonement or repentance and how we deal with sin and strive to make things, striving to make things right in the diocese here. In all of our lives, actually. So we've invited Pastor Gavin Ortland back with us. Gavin's a regular on our show. Gavin is a senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Ojai, California, an author, a blogger, where his soliloquies can be found online at GavinOrtland.com. Gavin, welcome back, sir. How are you? Hey, doing well. Good to be with you guys. Gavin, uh, we're embroiled in tough times here in Pennsylvania. Um, after the grand jury report came out last week, there was just an incredible amount of shock and horror and despair and disgust. I mean, you name the negative emotion. I think people are feeling it in Pennsylvania. Um, And, you know, one of the things that we're talking about, um, those of us who are in the Christian community, is how, how we express to the Roman Catholic Church leadership what it is that we really want, what we really believe needs to happen. And one of the things is actual repentance. And and this is where we're this is why I'm glad we're talking to you because this is the hard place we're in, is that um when church leaders in Pennsylvania are apologizing now, it's sounding like it's legalese. It's sounding like, you know, we're totally sorry and we feel terrible for the victims. Here's a press release. Right, but here's a press release. And don't forget that this happens in all parts of the world, not just the church. And, you know, don't forget that, you know, it's a lot better than it was 30 years ago. And then it ends up not sounding like repentance. Exactly. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And I've been feeling all the same emotions as you guys discussed and uh, overwhelming sadness. Um, I have been thinking about this exact same thing. Um, what does true repentance look like? Mm-hmm. And w- one of the things that I've been thinking about is sometimes we can tell and we get a sense of is it sorrow for the sin or is it sorrow for the consequences? And one of the ways I think about that is is there a full acknowledgement, full honesty, full willingness to be accountable, and zero sense of kind of PR and self-protection and circling the wagons and kind of a half apology. And I honestly think when it's at the half apology that's kind of dragged out and, and it's not just full acknowledgement, full honesty, zero defensiveness, especially for sins that are so horrific, um, it makes it worse. It makes people more infuriated because um, it really does not resolve the issue. And I, uh, I just I see this whole thing, this whole mess, as a chance to step back and not so much try to score a point um, in you know Protestant versus Catholic or anything like that, but as a chance to step back and say, 
hey, look at what we can do with our sin, look at how we can damage the cause of Christ, and what what does repentance look like in all of our lives? All of us are sinners, none of us are perfect, and um, how important it is to take sin seriously, and when it, there has been especially significant sin, to, to absolutely bring it into the light with zero mm-hmm. defensiveness mm-hmm. and just say, this is bad. It, there's no excuse, and we're willing to do whatever it takes to make it right. Right. And so but the problem is, I guess, Gavin, when you, when you are apologizing for the corporate, right, for the body, for the entity, not for the individual, right? So uh, I'm sure that there are a large majority, 99.9% of good Catholic priests who now in some ways are lumped in and they have become victims as well. Uh, there's a report that uh, I follow a guy on Twitter. He said he walked into a store wearing his collar and someone yelled out pedophile. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the last thing you want. So, you know, for all the good priests who are now lumped in with all the bad priests, how does that person who's the spokesperson for the entity of the diocese, you know, you define that. You know, there's a big difference between our own personal sins and the sins of the corporation. Right. Gosh, that's a great question. I don't know if I have, the, you know, the complete answer on that. Um, yeah. Certainly, certainly you're right. I mean, we want to make careful distinctions so that, um, you know, the innocent are seen as innocent and the guilty are seen as guilty, and there's no, in either direction, you know, there's no obscuring of, of truth with that. Um, I think in that, there must still be a way to um, have the apology given without any sense of um, evasion or, or, or misdirection or, or self-protection or anything like that. And just you know, complete honesty, complete openness, complete uh, naming it, and then the sense of, as I said, we're willing to do whatever it takes to make this right. Yes, I have a friend who was talking about, you know, and didn't disclose to me anything about this, but he said, I've I've gone through this this sin thing in my life, and I need somehow to reconcile and 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 reform and come back into the fold with Christ. So I'm going to start a fast. And by doing this, it's my hope that in the brokenness of who I am as a man, this fasting will help to magnify that that need to be back in Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's necessary and a good thing as well. Is there a prescription? Is there a biblical prescription in how we look at our sin and somehow shed ourselves of that? Mm. Well... You know, what comes to my mind is a number of years ago, I was counseling a man who had committed a crime, and he was he kept saying as we were talking, um, as long as I know I'm not going to go to jail, then I feel like I can deal with this. And we had a chance to talk about that and work through sorrow for sin versus sorrow for consequences. And at a certain point in the conversation, there was then a sense of, well, I you know, I'm going to start volunteering at the church more, and I'm going to start doing this, and I'm going to start doing that. And finally, by God's grace, we were able to um, get to a, a breakthrough point where I was able to share with him the good news, and that is there's really not one right thing or one wrong thing. There's not a list of things that we do. We, we cannot um, atone for our own sins. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus has paid that atonement fully, and what he wants is our, a heart of repentance now, and a heart of honesty, and, and um, 
you know, that sense of like the uh, the tax collector in Luke 18, who won't even look up to heaven, but he beats his breast and he says, God be merciful to me, a sinner, mm-hmm. and there's no excuse, you know, nothing, no evade, just total repentance. Um, and he's the one. He's the one that went home justified. Exactly right. He, uh, yeah, that's what, how Jesus concludes that is he was justified, and the other person who was sort of justifying himself wasn't justified. And so, may, I mean, fasting could be a part of it. Um, but I'm always wanting to direct people to to Jesus and to what he did on the cross, and saying that's our hope, that's our refuge, that's what we have to run to, and we can deal with the sin in our lives and experience full healing and full forgiveness as we bring it to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Gavin, what about, um, you know, I've been meditating for the last couple months on Jesus being, as John 1, uh, 14 says, full of grace and truth. Um, not 50-50, but like mm-hmm. a, a completely 100% of both, right? Mm-hmm. Completely full of grace, completely full of truth. And I, I was thinking that the in the scandal that we have seen, it seems clear to me that the priests have offered to each other 100% of grace, right? And so even when there have been horrible instances of abuse and horrible instances of just wretched behavior, um, they have said, no, 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 you're once a priest, always a priest, we'll, we'll just move you around, we'll send you to a different place, we'll send you off for treatment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there has been no longing for truth in it. And so it, it's it, it becomes, it, you look at the victims and you think all they want is justice. All they want is the truth to actually come out. So when we lean too far one or the other way, it, I guess all I'm saying is we can't do it right. Jesus is the only one, the only model we've ever had who was able to be completely 100% grace and truth. Yes. And I, it's so interesting you mentioned that passage because I've been thinking about those exact words, grace and truth, all morning uh, as I've been doing preparation for my sermon, and I'm preaching on the passage where Jesus restores Peter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Peter has denied Jesus, and then Jesus comes back, and I, it's really struck me the way Jesus has truth with Peter as well as grace. He does restore Peter, but he says to him three times, you know, he doesn't say, Peter, it's no big deal. Uh, He doesn't say, Peter, don't worry about it. He says, Peter, do you love me? And it says in John 21, the third time, just as Peter denied Jesus three times, Jesus asks, do you love me three times? And it says the third time that he asked, Peter was grieved. And it just has been weighing on Mm me. Um, Jesus is not just nice all the time. He does Mm -hmm. speak words of truth. To us, he does. He is willing to say the truth, even if it grieves us, because he knows that 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 is necessary for us to to repent and to be healed and to deal with those things. And it was really, uh, it struck me in a new way. Yeah, I've never thought about about that. Okay, so you're saying that 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 obviously for Jesus to do it in that way, that was necessary. Peter had to feel it Mm -hmm. for it to be the real thing. That's good. I think so, and I, I can resonate that in my own life yeah. with times where yeah, I've too. just, I've, I've mm-hmm. repented of something or said I'm sorry to somebody, but I haven't felt any grief mm-hmm. with yeah. it. And so yeah. it probably came across as too much grace mm-hmm. and too little truth. Right. Um, of course, we can go to the other extreme, and we want to have grace. We want to extend grace, as Jesus says to Peter, 
But just the fact that he's willing to say those words, and I was just thinking in my own life, you know, I don't want to depersonalize my relationship with Christ and just think forgiveness comes to me through this automatic dispensing machine. No, Jesus himself, the Lord Jesus, gives grace to his people. And um, therefore, when we sin, we need to, you know, recognize, can, can we hear his voice saying, do you love me? Do we, do we feel the truth from him as well as the grace from him? And, and I think in my own life, I, I ask myself, do I feel grief over sin as well as uh, grace for sin? That's a good marker. Gavin, our friend, Thanks, Gavin. thank you so much. We always appreciate your input and your wisdom here as you join us on the air. Gavin Ortland online, his excellent blog, gavinortland.com, pastor at the First Baptist Church of Ohio, California. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-786-9300. That's 800-786-9300. 800-786-9300. You don't know when your AC unit will call it quits, but you can rest assured it'll be at the most inconvenient time possible. And who has all day to wait around for a tech to arrive? With Ventec, there is no waiting around, including evenings and weekends. Ventec will repair and replace forced air, central AC, and even offers split mini-duct units to heat and cool individual rooms. With flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. Clean, courteous, convenient, and A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Ventec, 412-793-0661. Hi, everybody. This is Craig Wolfley from my friends at J&D Waterproofing. For every waterproofing or foundation repair, a portion of the proceeds go to the Light of Life Rescue Mission or the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hello, this is Ralph Sindrich. I'm proud to be a part of this program and such a fine service to be offered to the community. For every job commitment, I'll provide a signed copy of my book, NFL Brawl. Call for a free estimate at 1-800-VERY-DRY. That's 1-800-VERY-DRY. Or visit us on the web at jdwaterproofing.com. If you missed any portion of this hour, find us on our website, johnnycathyshow.com. Download our podcast. You can subscribe to the whole feed so you get it on a daily basis or just uh, individual segment by segment. Very nice. Um, in our 5 o'clock hour for the last uh, week or so, we've been taking phone calls about the Catholic abuse scandal. If you normally listen during this slot in the 4 o'clock hour, you may have missed that. But if you find us on our website, again, johnnycathyshow.com, you can find all of these segments listed there for your enjoyment. Nice. We're talking about peaches a little earlier in the show. Not to sort of change the subject tremendously, so. But you didn't. <laughs> I did. At least you're not talking about 18-year kids' teeth. No, no. Why? What's wrong with that? Because that's creepy. It is not. It is. It is. There's nothing. Oh, it's, yeah. Huh. No, it's not going, you know. It's Especially like a, when you said, it's pieces of my kid. It's not like a femur bone. Well, that's something what it like sounded that. like. You know, no. It's just, you know, a little. I don't pull them out. They're just like in a sock drawer. I see them in the back and I go, there's, there's that little tooth thing. Mm-hmm. 
That's all. All right. So we're saying this National Tooth Fairy Day. Yeah. What did you give? What was your What was your contribution to the Tooth Fairy? A buck. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. When we were kids, mm-hmm. it was a dime. Oh yeah. It's a dime. I may have gotten a quarter, maybe. Yeah. But then when I was like six, my my sister, who's twelve years older than me, she told me. What? No tooth fairy? No tooth fairy. Oh, I was please. like, really? Thanks a lot. And oh, Santa Claus? Forget that. The whole thing is shattered. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Wall Street has just broken the record for the longest bull market in history. 3,453 days. That's how long the S&P 500's gone without a drop of 20% or more. That beats the bull market of the 1990s that ended in the dot-com collapse of 2000. Despite the record for longevity, it's not as big as the 1990s one in terms of overall gains. But since it all began back in 2009, the S&P has advanced 320%, the Dow is up 290%, and the NASDAQ has gained 520%. That's correspondent Wally Hines reporting. And on Wall Street, the Dow was down by 89 points. It closed at 25,733, but the NASDAQ rose by 30, and the S&P declined 1. Crude oil up $2.02 to close at 67.86 a barrel. This is SRN News. A moo-moo here and a moo-moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo-moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84, Pennsylvania. Not only will you enjoy watching the heifers in the field and the baby calves in the mini barnyard, but you should also come hungry for our fabulous farm-fresh cooking. Step inside the Springhouse for hot roast beef sandwiches, turkey and stuffing, hickory-smoked ham, stuffed cabbage rolls, real mashed potatoes, and a whole lot more a different menu each day the locals tell their friends that our famous chocolate milk is the official drink of the spring house and be sure to save room for apple pie ho-ho cake oreo cheesecake or lots of other from scratch goodies for dessert have i made you hungry yet let us share a little of our farm with you at the spring house 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Have you ever thought about trading? Do you think you might do a better job than your financial advisor? Well, at Apiary Fund, we train people just like you to create an income stream by trading online. With Apiary Fund, you'll be taught by a highly experienced trading team, including legendary trader Sean Lucas, who's formerly managed $2.5 trillion worth of investor funds. This training is worth thousands of dollars, but right now you can get 100 free access to the entire training program for 30 days when you call 800-959-4526 and leave your email on our voicemail. We'll send you a link to our entire training library, your own simulated account, access to our peer community, and direct access to our experts. Just call 800-959-4526 to get 30 days of free access to this highly effective training. This could change your life. Call 800-959-4526 and leave your email at the voicemail to get free access now. Learn to trade online. Call 800-959-4526. Guys, we need to remind ourselves that the God of the Bible is not silent. Word FM presents Know the Truths, Philip DeCourcy at the 2018 Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. God has spoken, and he has spoken through his word and it's inspired and it's inerrant and it's authoritative and it's breathed out and it's able to make us wise unto salvation it's able to make us complete and it's able to equip us unto every good work 
A free event for pastors, October 3rd at Heinz Field. RSVP now at wordfm.com slash pal. We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing and free home delivery on most beds. And Saturday. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Some spots will see a shower early on this evening, mostly in the laurels. Otherwise, some patchy clouds tonight becoming cooler and more comfortable overnight. Low 54. We do have to watch for some fog later tonight and early tomorrow. Turning out mostly sunny tomorrow, a beautiful afternoon, 75. Low tomorrow night, 54. And remaining pleasant for Friday with a good deal of sun, 78. I'm Aggie Weathers, Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. Another gorgeous day here in the city of Pittsburgh in August. You know, usually the August is like 95 degrees. Hasn't it been just wonderful? Oh, my gosh. Lovely. Just absolutely lovely. Today was absolutely ideal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, um, I, I had the unenviable task, a task that actually caused actual tears. Which I know you're going to think, she's so lame. No, no, but no. I don't care. I get this. I had to have two trees cut down in my yard today. Two, two large trees. Two, I mean, the one tree was a good, you know, 80 feet tall. Wow. second was about 60. But I had to have them cut down because they were uh, wreaking havoc in the foundation of our house. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a good reason for it. But I just cannot stand to cut trees down. I mean, I, and this tree had a disease. What I just, I would have waited until it. Like probably fell on your house. Exactly, I would have just because I hate it so much. Plus, it's expensive. But you pay thousands of dollars to get rid of something you want to keep. (laughs) That's blame it on the insurance companies. Right. Anyway. I had to suffer through that today. I'm sorry. And it was so terrible. Well, of course it is because it's not like it's a silent procedure. These no. guys with massive chainsaws right. are over your head. Right. And they're just destroying this beautiful thing in my yard. Anyway. Well, thank God they, for the work that they yes, do. Yes. And they did a wonderful job. I'm sure. Um, and so I appreciate all of them. So you have well, firewood? No, I don't because they, they, uh, they just- They took it away. No, no, no. They don't take it away. They, they uh, mulch oh, it right there. Oh, oh, oh. The whole tree. And then that, that's a big sound, too. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. I'm sure all my neighbors are very... There you go. There you <laughs> I'm go. I'm sure all my neighbors are very happy with us today. Hey, Kathy. Enjoying your day. Started at 8 this morning. <laughs> very relaxing Finished around here. 2.50. What's for lunch? Yeah. Oh. That's rough. And- <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you're going to meditate. Right, okay. Let's enjoy some prayer time. Okay, I think we're done with this Thank segment. Thank you so much. Very good. Anyway, I was so depressed about it. Uh, that I decided I needed to, you know, put my mind in something else. So I decided to clean my dining room. Mm. I decided to like clean the wall, like just do it, the, just do the whole thing. That's where you found that notebook. I did, I did, but I found something else today. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happens? I've, see, I have a big dining room, mm-hmm. and I think that things just like end up there. I think I left a shoe there one Maybe. time. Yeah, I was hanging no, you out didn't, with you guys because at a barbecue. I, I looked at everything today, and there's uh-huh, no shoe. Okay. But I did, I did find a lot of other did things. Did you though? Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, that's not a big room. No, I mean it's big for a dining room. I mean it's like twelve by fourteen. It's okay, a pretty big that's pretty room. Big, yeah, you know, so still. It, it does collect a lot of things. There's no excuse here. I'm just saying. However, 
I do want you to know that I've got several audio components for your son in my car. What? Hey, yeah. you do? I do. They're right in my car. What? They're right in my car right this now. This is like vintage audio stuff. This comes from your dad. I know. Stan. No, this is actually from my father-in-law. Oh. Yeah. Oh, even. What? I know. I'm like, I'm like. I'm like drilling down into the Emmons legacy of really my son. You really are. Fabulous. So, But I also yeah. found a wonderful piece of artwork that I purchased when I was in Guatemala a couple of years ago. Oh. And this is a, this is something I purchased from the artist who made it. I love that. At a vocational center yeah, in Guatemala. Yeah. I Don't you love that? Of course. I've got my walls are filled with stuff like that. I just love that. Anyway. That's so good. And I had it in a special place so that it wouldn't get harmed. But in my in my <laughs> angst to preserve it in its perfect state, I forgot exactly what the place was that I had stored it. But there it is. Yeah. I found it. Nice. So did you hang it? No, because it needs to be framed. But I know somebody who frames. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really good I know news. Somebody. Anyway, it was just, a, it was like a little, I was so depressed about the tree, so sad for that to be, for that to be removed from my property. And then I found this just little gem that I'd purchased in Guatemala. Just a piece of artwork. Cheered me right up. Hang on the wall. Take it over to wall. Cheered Wallflower me right frames. up. All right. Now in stranger news, um, last night was, were the MTV VMA awards. Oh, no, come on. How... How how much free time do you have to have yeah, if agree. you're watching the MTV? What are they? What are they? It's the MTV uh, Video Music Association Awards. That to me so is So the MTV be. VMA Awards. I mean, seriously. You have to dig deep, right? We get criticized for watching the Oscars. I, gr- I agree. That makes it look like a gold standard. I will tell you that I did not see this live. Okay. However, I did read about it on Twitter mm-hmm. because I was interested that they had chosen Madonna to do a tribute to Aretha Franklin. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Because, you know, the clear lineage between oh, the two. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Really? I mean, of all the people to, to fet Aretha Franklin, they chose Madonna? Isn't that strange? Why? I know. And it was during the presentation for Video of the Year. Okay? Yeah, okay. Now, the strange thing is that when Madonna was asked to do this, she said yes. And what she decided to say is just so very, very odd. Oh, well, so Madonna. what she decided to do was tell her story. Her story. Strangely, not Aretha's story. She actually told Madonna's story. So Madonna told Madonna's story of how she, you know, came to, you know, uh, subject herself to her first auditions and how difficult they were and how traumatic they were and blah, blah, blah. Spare me. So anyway, um, the only indication uh, of Aretha Franklin even being involved in the story, which was lengthy. The tribute. Is that uh, the song that she sang in her audition was an Aretha song. R-E-S-P-I-C-T. <laughs> is, that, is that the song? <laughs> Thank you, Al Sharpton. Anyway, um, so this, the, the, the um, tribute, quote-unquote, went on and on and mm-hmm. on and on. Um, strangely enough, I saw, I saw numbers today, and I don't think I printed those out, but it's something like the word I – in her tribute to Aretha Franklin was used 71 times, but the word Aretha was only used four. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, it makes perfect sense. So it just made me think that maybe when we choose somebody to do an actual tribute to someone who's legendary like Aretha Franklin, maybe you don't, first of all, pick Madonna. And second of all, maybe you don't pick someone who's like... I don't know, sixty years old and white. I don't get it. I don't. Yeah, I don't think doesn't that make that, any sense. Yeah, I mean, sixty year old. I don't have a problem with, but there are plenty of people, uh, you know, who are fabulous performers. I'm sure who knew Aretha really well. Do you remember? It just struck me. Remember, she did a tribute to Prince. Madonna did, at the MTV Awards. 
No, was it something else? It was some other, it was like the American Music Awards or something like that. Anyway, she made an absolute debacle out of a tribute to Prince. Mm. So now in reward for that and to recognize that, now she's doing a... Great. Would you look that up, Mike? She did, you, yeah. She did do a tribute to Prince. Right. And what was that? It was um, a, That was, that was, I think, 2016 Billboard? Yeah, okay, okay there you go. How about this? Whenever I pass, bring Madonna to my funeral. <laughs> And a chainsaw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and a chainsaw, Mike. Oh, my gosh. I'm into that. Oh, you know what? In this article I'm reading from the L.A. Times. Thank you. Um, There's Cast 3. Let's have a little meditation time now. I'm going to start to cry again. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Madonna also did a Michael Jackson tribute at the 2009 the BMA. she like a tribute lady? I don't know lady? what the heck. Okay. This is what, this is what the tribute said. Are you ready? Huh. Michael Jackson was born in August of 1958. So was I. Michael Jackson grew up in the suburbs of the Midwest. So did I. Michael Jackson had eight brothers and sisters. So do I. When Michael Jackson was six, he became a superstar and perhaps the world's most beloved child. When I was six, my mother died. Anyway. Sounds selfless. Yeah, it does sound selfless. It's a beautiful thing. So the uh, the message today is don't have Madonna do your tribute. Okay, we'll take a quick break, come back. Uh, Alan Noble's going with us, is with us. We're going to talk about disruptive witness. I'm going to ask him about Madonna's. Speaking talk. truth in a distracted age. Madonna, heaven help us. We've been very honored to win the Better Business Bureau Torch Award for Business Ethics three times, which is great. Energy Swing Windows, Steve Rennekamp. But we were recently recognized with an award that was totally unsolicited. It's called the Best of the Best Award. Uh, This is an award you don't apply for. And the organization that does this selects companies that have great reputations in the marketplace. They look at your online reviews. They look at your website. They look at Better Business Bureau reports. They look at a whole variety of things and they determine if you fit the criteria of being the best of the best. And fortunately, uh, they thought we did. There's a very short video on the front page of our website that talks about this award and the way we do business and why we received it. Energy Swing, best of the best. Right now, Word FM listeners get 5% off over and above any current offers on windows and doors and $1,200 off any basement finishing project. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. Hey, I know many of you have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial. And so if you have, you probably know they're the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional plans and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation, typical savings up to 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital you choose. So if you want to go to a Highmark Hospital or UPMC, Mayo Clinic, Johns Hopkins, whatever, Marley's giving you the power to choose what's best for you and also what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, because you're forgetting about the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So give Marley Financial a call now, 724-884-1496, and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania, 724-884-1496, or find them online at marleyfg.com at extreme car and truck in bridgeville find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners tonneau covers weather tech floor liners and more say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing plus lift kits electronics and remote starters always a favorite extreme car and truck in bridgeville for the extreme in all of us 
at extremetruck.net. Why don't you come? Because my mom is a really good dentist. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I love the joy that children bring to the office. I like creating those good, positive first experiences, and I try to really reinforce that we're there to help and to have a good time at the dental office. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. You have my word on it. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Does your pillow come with a 60-day money-back guarantee? How about a 10-year warranty? Can you wash it? Dry it and never have it lose its shape? Can you sleep any way you like on it and still get the support that you need for the most refreshing sleep of your life? If you said no to any of these questions, then you don't have my pillow. Hey, this is John Hall, and my pillow is better than your pillow. Unless, of course, you have my pillow, in which case you already know it's the most comfortable pillow you've ever owned. If you haven't tried my pillow yet, now's the time. Because right now, my pillow is offering 50% off the four-pack special, which includes two premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. Just call 1-800-961-9207 and mention the promo code WORD to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. Or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. Call 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. Happy to be speaking with Alan Noble. Alan Noble is Assistant Professor of English at Oklahoma Baptist University and co-founder and editor-in-chief of Christ and Pop Culture. His writing has appeared in Christianity Today, First Things, The Atlantic, BuzzFeed, and Vox, and the brand new book, just hot off the press, is called Disruptive Witness, Speaking Truth in a Distracted Age, plus, at one time, he worked for Sears. Alan, welcome in. That's true. All of that that you just said is is accurate. That's true. I did work for Sears. Nice, Alan. Do you have an inside track? I've had a problem with my uh, with my freezer now for six months, and I wonder if you could be the person. <laughs> so the the people across the the aisle from me did appliances, so mm-hmm. I just did electronics. So oh. we were there was some antagonism there. So I don't. I, I could not. It kind of. Bothers me. It's a a natural rivalry, I can only imagine. You keep those washing machines over there. We're dealing with the big screen TVs. Okay, so Alan, in Disruptive Witness, you talk about all of us right now. I mean, we're all so completely and totally inanely distracted. That's not even a word, but we are stupid in our distractions. So let's go there. Let's talk about your time at Sears working with the the witch, not the warlock, who was selling big screen TVs. Yeah, yeah. So I use him as an example of in in the book of how we create uh, visions of fullness for ourselves. So I use the story of, of of this male witch, as he he called himself, who was really good at selling televisions and and uh, who would had this cane and he had a cape and I mean just the whole getup. Oh my gosh! And, uh, yeah, it was. It was interesting, and the striking thing about it is that from the outside, I looked at him as this person at the time who who was living in this sort of fantasy world, who made up his own vision of the world, who understood it in just very particular individualist ways, bizarre ways. And then I stepped back and realized that that was kind of all of us. Um, and, and that's most of us living in this modern world. Sure, we might not imagine that we're a vampire or a witch or a warlock or something, but 
you know, how much different is that in creating our own world than someone who, you know, imagines themselves to be a great writer and mm-hmm. fashions their life according to that, or who imagines themselves as some great corporate leader or or uh, athlete or, or something like this. Um, and so the point there in the book is that when individualism comes to the point where um, we allow ourselves to 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 turn from a vision of of goodness that's external coming from God, then really we can fill that with with anything. So, Alan, when we are filling, if if you're looking, I guess, at the things that take the place of God, um, mm. are, are those the distractions that? are common to us, like our smartphone or Netflix or, you know, working overtime or Uh uh, anything to keep the focus off ourselves. So here's the relationship between that uh, technology of distraction and uh, visions, the multiple visions of fullness that I talk about in the book and that, you know, sort of being a witch, male witch is, is one example of, um, in, in modern times, we do not spend much time reflecting on our own belief systems, our own ideals, our own values. Um, and so it is actually easy for us to get to the point where we believe that something ridiculous, like imagining yourself to be a vampire or a witch or, or something like this, is completely plausible mm-hmm. because we don't have space for reflection. And this is true for people in the church. And this is what technology of distraction can do for us, is we don't have to, that that gnawing cognitive dissonance that says, hey, you're living a life that is inconsistent with the values that you're claiming. We can push that aside by opening up our phone and seeing what's going on in the news today. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the relationship that I, that I try to tease out there. Mm-hmm. So then what about that? I mean, um, if we're so distracted, we choose not to investigate who we are as human beings, our personal beliefs, then what hope do we have ever with being so-called believers of Jesus, drilling down into the deep truth of that, and then essentially sharing that? I mean, most of us do that poorly, uh, either confronting our faith or sharing the truth of Christ in our faith. Yeah, this is, I mean, and that, that very question, you know, what hope do we have of, of bearing witness to our faith? In an age when people are very leery of self-reflection, in the, in the book I talk about how, for, for most people, we don't want to be alone with our thoughts. It makes us very uncomfortable. We'd rather turn on the radio or listen to a podcast or something, but we don't want to be alone with ourselves. By the way, don't shut off this radio. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, just remember, that I was on the air. Um, so, so that so that is a question. How do we how do we communicate? And so, the, the book argues for what I call a disruptive witness. So, finding ways of slowing down in our own lives and 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 taking time with others to encourage them to press into them to to take that time to consider what they believe and to contemplate it. Um, and that's going to look, I mean, it can have a, a million different, you know, manifestations. Yeah. Okay, so, Alan, in Disruptive Witness, you use an example of uh, VBS, Vacation Bible School, mm-hmm. and the materials and the teaching of that. Go into that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um one of my one of the one of the things I argue we can do to create a disruptive witness is stop doing things in the church that actually make our faith seem trivial and thin and basically secular, um, because we're actually doing a lot of of harm 
um, we're actually contributing to this problem of making Christianity just one option of fullness, just like you know the, the witch I talked about. And so I think I, I use the example of a VBS program, um, which this particular program, the theme of it was the wonder of God's creation, which is a great theme. But the entire program tried to uh, communicate the beauty of God's creation in nature to the children by using videos and animation and cardboard cutouts of gears and all these things that actually were signaling, that were actually distracting the kids from nature, from the actual mm-hmm. thing that God created that is so beautiful. And, and, and I'm sure the designers of that did not intend to do that, right? I mean, they, I'm positive that they had really good intentions. But, but this is what's happened, is that these sort of uh, secular practices have crept in, and we haven't stopped to think, is mm-hmm. this actually making our faith thinner, or is it strengthening it? Yeah, that's good. Alan Noble's with us. Alan Noble's the author of the brand new book called Disruptive Witness, Speaking Truth in a Distracted Age. Um, I want to tell you this experience I had a couple days ago, Alan, um, because it was curious, and it, may, it made me think about this idea of um, of our eagerness to be distracted, or, or maybe even not eagerness, but just the fact that we are distracted keeps us from thinking about essential things. So I'm talking to a, um, a young guy who's brand new to um, campus ministry work. He's maybe been in it, I don't know, a couple years, maybe two, maybe this is the, his third year coming up. And um, but he was in a coffee shop, and he ran ran into this guy who he didn't know. He's just a guy who was sitting at a table next to him, and they ended up sharing a newspaper, and so they ended up having a conversation. Anyway, the guy said to him, "You know, I ju-, and he said, you know, how, how, what do you do?'" And so this friend of mine said, "Well, you know, I, I do campus ministry." And he says, "Oh, is that like a religious thing?" And the guy says, "Well, yeah, I guess it's kind of a religious thing." And uh, this, this man says, "Well, you know, I, I can't buy into religion." And this friend of mine says, "Really? Why not?" And he says, "Well, because you know, every time I read the Bible, it's just so full of contradictions, and it's also full of things about of God being mean." And I just can't get into that. And so my friend, this is what was curious, is I said to my friend, so what did you say? And he said, well, I couldn't really think of anything to say because he obviously doesn't read the Bible enough if he said that. And I thought to myself, no, I think that that's actually an honest reading of the Bible. I think you can open up the Bible, especially if you're not yet a believer. You can easily look at the Bible and say, no, that does sound mean. Why would God do that? You know, or, or that does seem to be a contradiction. And I realized at that moment that this friend of mine had never really stopped. He'd been so immersed in, you know, Christian life that he hadn't stopped to really ask the questions that I think any honest person would ask if we weren't just so used to the environment that we just forgot to ask the questions ever. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and part of the challenge there is that, um, in in some sense, he was right in the sense that the other person did need to read the Bible more and sure. in community sure. in order to get those right. answers. Okay, but so the challenge there is that person has to see the value in taking that time, and so um, we make snap decisions about deep moral and religious things in our day and age. We, we, and so what this person had done is he had opened the Bible, he had, he had spent some time reading it, and he had seen something that 
as you rightly point out, I mean, any, I think, modern person seeing these stories would be troubled by them. And he, and he thought, you know what, that's enough information. And I get that because, okay, so, for example, when I'm, when I'm shopping online, I, I don't have time to investigate every product, right? So what will happen is I'll, I'll, I'll read through some reviews, and if I see a red flag, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm right, moving right, on. Right, right. And the same thing goes with politics or because we are overwhelmed with information, we cope by making quick decisions. But the scary thing is in modern times, those, we're making quick decisions about everything from laundry detergent to whether or not the Bible might be true. Right, mm-hmm. yes. And yeah, yeah. that's what's dangerous. Yep. And so what your friend needs to do is be able to encourage that person, hey, I get that. Mm-hmm. That, that is a reasonable reading for someone who's just approached this. You know, there are some really smart people who've thought through those things, and I would encourage you to spend more time investigating. And and it'll still be hard. I mean, it, that's a tough sell because we are so busy, right. and we think, well, why? I've already decided the Bible's not true. So um, I've got I've got friends to binge watch on Netflix, so why why bother? <laughs> yeah, it's a waste of time. Alan Noble's with us. Alan's assistant professor of English at Oklahoma Baptist University, co-founder and editor-in-chief of Christ and Pop Culture. It's a really great website. We love it. Uh, we're talking about his book called Disruptive Witness. So, Alan, that story, you, you talk about in Disruptive Witness in a way, in, in the sense of you know whether you go to a, a movie or you're in a book club, and you know there's something to be said about gathering in community after the fact and sharing your thoughts and ideas about what you've just witnessed or read, right? And, and we miss that today. Uh, and, w- and within that, you, you also use The Great Gatsby as, as an example. Can you, can you go into that? Yes, yeah, so The Great Gatsby. Um, so, so one of my arguments for disruptive witness is finding stories uh, in literature, film, music, whatever, that that expose some of the beauty or some of the the suffering, the terribleness of life. Because in those moments, um, in good art, we're forced to actually think about our lives and how do we explain the beauty of the world and also how do we explain the evil of the world. And those are great opportunities to point to our faith in ways that I do think disrupt people because good art haunts us. And so I give the example of The Great Gatsby. Here's the story, this basic story about love, about a man who, who sees a woman and thinks, if I can only have her, my life will be justified. I'll have meaning and purpose and value. I'll be somebody. And uh, when he gets her, he realizes it's not enough. And uh, it, 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 in some sense, it literally kills him. And... Um, in reading a story like this with a class or with a group of people, what you can do is you can experience that, that shared, I think, modern basic experience of, of adolescence where you think, if I just have this one person, if that girl would, would love me, if this guy would accept me, then I would be someone whose life is, is meaningful. That's, a, that's still a basic story that we, we, we tell over and over, even though you know it's 100 years almost since The Great Gatsby has been written. And from that, what we can do is we can talk about, okay, why is that disordered? Why is that not, why is that never fulfilling? And uh, from there, I think we can talk about God. Alan, um, we only have a couple minutes left, but I want to ask you about words and distraction, because social media Mm -hmm. is one of the... Is one of the chief distractors in modern life, except that, right, one of the primary, primary yeah. except that the three of us, uh, you and John and me, are on it yeah. all the time. So maybe we're not the best examples of it. I mean, we how? Love do, it. I mean, but yeah. you're on it. So, and you're writing about yeah. distraction. So, how do you manage it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
so I've been saying that you know I'm I'm not a guru. I don't I don't have this all figured out, and I don't think any of us do. And even if I do, so so what I've been suggesting to people is you have to make an overall commitment to self-reflection about the way the healthy and unhealthy ways you are using technology. Because if you set up, let's say, a timer, I'm only going to allow myself on Twitter for 30 minutes a day or something, some new app is going to come out, some new technology is going to come out, and you're going to have to fight that battle again. So what I've been saying is the way to manage it is to be self-reflective, to to, to cultivate habits of, of discipline overall, because that's the only way you're going to be able to, to, to address the potential addiction to the next social media platform or the next you know, technology coming down the road that we don't even know about yet. Oh, man. Alan, thanks an awful lot. Appreciate your time here with us and your excellent work. Alan Noble, co-founder, editor-in-chief of Christ and Pop Culture. It's a great place on the web. And his brand-new work, Disruptive Witness, Speaking Truth in a Distracted Age. Scripture tells us that God is love and that love for God is shown in how we love our neighbor. We have neighbors who need us right now. That's why Washington City Mission's Love Thy Neighbor donation drive is so critical. Through your support, you can show God's love to someone living without hope. The precious souls of men, women, and children who need your help today. Make your donation now at citymission.org. And thank you for being a good neighbor. Give today at citymission.org. You know, you send your kid off to college and you think, who are they going to intersect with? What's that new circle of friends like? Uh, to be honest, uh, I went and saw my boy freshman year. He was super excited because one of his new buddies was from Colorado. Another guy he digs was from Alaska. So it surprised me because I thought, well, you know, Grove City, it's got to be small. It's drawing specifically just from the western Pennsylvania area. But the truth is, they're, I know. It's, it's national. I know. I was surprised by that, too. My my daughter, on her floor, she has somebody from Hawaii and somebody from Puerto Rico. And in this, uh, in this uh, reading group she's involved in, the girl that runs it, the young woman, is from China. Nice. Okay, so, so it's geographically diverse, but also it's Christian diverse. You don't have to go to Grove City College and, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's of your theology. Right. You don't have to have a background in a particular denomination Mm-mm. to go. I mean, look, what I've seen from a parent's perspective after having a child there for a year is that they encourage kids to think. Yeah. The faculty encourage kids to not leave behind the theology that they've grown up with, not at all, but to take grow that theology further. that they've grown with and grow further no and doubt. to under perhaps understand that theology better than they had before. Yep. Okay, so full disclosure, both Kath and I have kids that go to Grove City College. That's why we're talking about it right now. We love it. It's a wide sweep, a lot of diversity, a lot of people from different regions of the country, theologically as well. If you're thinking about Grove City College, we'd highly recommend you check it out. Look for it online, gcc.edu. Normal people need an estate plan just as much, if not more, than the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti. Why would you want the state of Pennsylvania to tell your loved ones who get your stuff? The basic documents, your will, financial power of attorney, and your health care power of attorney and living will can be done very quickly. It's much less costly and time-consuming just to have the basic documents drafted up to say, God forbid, should something happen to me, this is who I appoint. Are your documents in order? Find out at ContiLawPGH.com. 
While it's back to school for everyone else, you're looking to take your next step. If only your high school diploma came with a career game plan. The good news is Express Employment Professionals is here to help. If you're looking for immediate work, sign up for the Express Jobs app and you'll be able to apply for a variety of quality jobs quickly and easily. If you want to continue learning and building skills, you can access 18 free CTC courses through their Express Learn program. Learn more today at ExpressPros.com or call 412-264-2000. It's the Labor Day flooring sale at Lumber Liquidators, and you can get some of the lowest prices of the season. Our flooring experts are ready to help find the perfect floor for you. With our new installation services, you'll get an in-home assessment, licensed and insured flooring installers, one-year limited installation warranty, and flexible financing. Just pick your floor, we'll take care of the rest. The Labor Day flooring sale is going on now. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you. Some spots will see a shower early on this evening, mostly in the laurels. Otherwise, some patchy clouds tonight becoming cooler and more comfortable overnight. Low 54, we do have to watch for some fog later tonight and early tomorrow. Turning out mostly sunny tomorrow, a beautiful afternoon, 75. Low tomorrow night, 54, and remaining pleasant for Friday with a good deal of sun, 78. I'm AccuWeather's Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. So the news came today that Cardinal Worrell's name will be removed from the signage and all the other places at North Catholic High School. It'll be known now as North Catholic High School. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's good news. Uh, the word is that uh, Cardinal Worrell himself asked that uh, to be removed. Uh, of course, there's as everything. There's controversy uh, surrounding that as well. Some people don't believe that he actually did ask that. Exactly. That, okay? Right, right. They're saying, you know, publicity. You know, well, I hope he PR. did. Yeah, I hope he did, because I think that would be a good sign. I don't yes. think there's any possible way, based on what we've learned, that you can have his name on a school. No. Uh, the release says, in light of the circumstances today, and lest we in any way detract from the purpose of Catholic education, this is um, Bishop Zubek, I respect, respectfully ask you to remove my name from it, Worrell wrote in the letter, according to the diocese. In this way, there should be no distraction from the great success of the school, and most importantly, the reason for the... Uh, reason for this school, the students. Okay. Right, that sounds very good. All right. Well, if you um, have been following along with the Pennsylvania, the release of the Pennsylvania Grand Jury Report and our conversation here um, on the air, you've heard us talk to a lot of different people, a lot of different voices from a lot of different perspectives. And uh, New Mike has done a great job by putting together a whole portion of our website dedicated to this. So if you find us at johnandkathyshow.com and click on the featured series at the top of the page, it'll take you to our interviews about the Pennsylvania Grand Jury Report right. on abuse in the Catholic Church. Uh, as of now, there's, I think, 13 different different conversations that are up there. Yeah. So we'll be adding to that as the uh, mm-hmm. time goes on. Okay. Um, you do not have any pets at all in your house, so you're missing out on a, a prime opportunity. However, maybe management here would jump in on this if you went out to the shelter and got yourself something. The United States, apparently, um, this is uh, from Relevant Magazine, the United States is the only industrialized nation in the world where federal law does not require paid maternity leave for new mothers. However, uh, there's now something that they're moving beyond paternity leave to paternity leave. Companies are identif- identifying paternity leave uh, that provides pet owners paid time off to help adjust to the newest member of the family. P-A-W, paternity P-A-W, leave. P-A-W, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's okay. a, a company in um, Manhattan. I got. Let me just say, I got two cats two years ago, and no one gave a care. No one, no one gave give you some time off. Well, that's. I think it's just good sense. The company in Manhattan is now providing two weeks of paid time off. Two weeks. Yep. Any any employee who adopts a new pet from work uh, gets two weeks off. What? Yep. Um, they're called, what are they called? Uh, oh, M Particle, a Manhattan based data platform provider. If you rescue a dog or an exotic pet, such as an iguana, <laughs> you are guaranteed two full weeks of paid paternity okay. leave. Okay. Back up the bus. Yeah. Are you saying that if I adopt an iguana, mm-hmm. I should take two weeks, two weeks to accustom myself to it. That's what that's what or the, accustom it to me. That's what this company in Manhattan, M Particle, is providing their employees. Come on, two full weeks of paid paternity. Okay, leave. so what, what's this company called? M Particle. M Particle. Okay, any pet, or it has to be a iguana. It has to no, be an they're exotic saying pet. they're saying a rescue dog or an exotic. So a rescue animal, dog or cat, or an exotic pet. So if you get like a parrot. what's if I so I get a, a boa. Yeah. They're going to give me two, two weeks, weeks so that off. I can bond. I put that bow in a box and I'd go to Florida. What are you going to do mm-hmm. with an iguana? I don't know. What are you going to do for two weeks with an iguana? Yep. In uh, Nina Hale, which is a Minneapolis marketing company, is following suit, offering employees ability to work from home for at least a week to welcome their new friend. In May, Connor McCarthy, a senior account manager at Nina Hale, was in the process of adopting a golden doodle puppy named Bentley. He, thank you. Hey, Connor, I'm at home here. He told the New York Times that he'd read about the pitfalls of puppies adjusting to a new environment. Quote, it can be a stressful situation going from its original home to a new home. Sure. So he sent a request to his boss asking permission to work from home for one week to help Bentley get accustomed to his new home. He received response almost immediately. Absolutely. Very soon after, the company developed a new policy. An employee who adopts a new pet may work from home for the first week. The idea is that the policy allows the best health of the pet along with peace of mind for the new pet owner. Quote, the idea of offering benefits that just help keep employees at the office, that's over, said Allison McKinnon, vice president at Nina Hale, who helped create the new policy. She's right, apparently, according to this article. Companies today are doing their best just to keep up with their benefits package, ranging from, get this, in-house gyms to gourmet meals mm-hmm. in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. No one's told anybody about I gotta our be management honest. here. Uh, we're at FM here. This is not looking like we're measuring up. Well, I think, hey, get that dog out of here. Well, I'm trying to work, please, okay? Okay, now I understand the person saying I'm adopting a golden doodle and it takes a long time for a dog to get used to a home. I get that. What is the person with the iguana going to do for two weeks? They're going to watch Netflix. I'll tell you, or they're going to go to the Bahamas. You know, they're going to adjust the sun lamp under the iguana. That's right, and they're going to pat it on its back while they take off for the airport to a tropical locale. Okay, wait. Here's the, here's Come the, on. Here's the one gym benefit we have here at the station. What is it? So we have this well, the health plan. You know, and to to sort of go along and ramp yourself up to the acquired um, uh, what goal that the healthcare provider has set for you to achieve this healthcare status, so that your rates stay low. Mm-hmm. They've encouraged you to be part of a gym. 
some quip here at the station has discovered that as you go and use your healthcare app, if you stand next to the boss's window at the corner of the building here, mm-hmm. there's a gym at the Holiday Inn uh, right, right across here. And the app somehow thinks that you're in the gym, so you get credit going to the gym as you stand next to the boss's office. That, I kid you not. That is the essence of capitalism. <laughs> Someone's working their way around it in every way possible. So if you ever see a guy standing next to the you know the boss's office and he's not in the boss's office, just kind of hanging out there, you know he's going to the gym. Hey, speaking of pets, yeah, I just have to say something. Mm-hmm. We've had a we've had a great we've had a great listener buddy um, who has been in contact with you and I for years. Yeah, and um, he's moving to Ghana in just at, at the end of the month. Yeah, and listen. He's trying to give his beautiful cat Gracie away. Pet update on the ride home listen, with John and Kathy. Wait, is there a pet update? We need pet update. Pet music. update message. Pet up- listen, listen. I'm sending this out because we're getting close to the time when Buddy has to leave the States. He's going to go to Ghana. He cannot take his eight-year-old cat Gracie with him. Mm-hmm. But listen, she sounds super sweet. She's spayed. She's got all her shots. She's gentle and loving. She comes with her own food, all uh-huh. her own litter, oh, yeah, sure. and all of that. Here's Buddy the deal. needs somebody to take Gracie. If, Will you take Gracie? Yeah, if I get two weeks off, <laughs> Gracie's welcome to my house any time of the day. If somebody wants Gracie, would you contact me at the station? I'll put you in touch with Buddy. Okay. Uh, Gracie's uh, gray and white and super sweet. Kathy at wordfm.com. Kathy at wordfm.com or on Facebook or Twitter. That's our pet update here on the ride home with John and Kathy. (laughs) More big news ahead. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New New music. New music from Unspoken. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Known by Taryn Wells. I'm fully known and loved by you. And One More Day by Aaron Cole. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. If you're paying too much for your health insurance, listen carefully. Due to recent changes in the law, you could be overpaying $500 or more per month on your health care. There are new, more affordable health care options with better coverage. These plans are exempt from the Affordable Care Act and now open to everyone. Health care options with better benefits, costing 30 to 60% less than Obamacare plans and giving you the freedom to see almost any doctor or hospital in the country. Forbes calls this the health care plan that is saving families $20,000 a year. And over 1 million Americans have already taken advantage of this game-changing health care program. Call 800-239-7174 now to find out how much you'll save. Employers, you too can save 50% or more on group medical insurance with health sharing. Our licensed advisors can take away all the stress of finding the right plan for your needs and budget. Best of all, our service is free. This one call could be the best decision you make this year, so don't delay. Call now to see how much you can save. For your free quote, call 800-239-7174. That's 800-239-7174. 800-239-7174. Stop everything you're doing right now and ask yourself, are you currently receiving steady paychecks? What about when you're retired? Will you receive a monthly check to cover your expenses and also have some fun? Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group calls this mailbox money. It's the monthly check you'll receive throughout retirement. Kurt wants to help remove stress from your retirement. He doesn't want you to worry about if the money will show up or how much money you'll receive. The only thing Kurt wants you to think about is how to spend it when it arrives. Find out how to get enough money in your mailbox every month when you're retired. Call Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group at 412-515-3555. 
for a complimentary retirement analysis with strategies that could help your nest egg provide you monthly income you'll need in retirement. Call right now, 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, and Accurate Investment Solutions, Inc. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. Hi, everybody. This is Craig Wolfley from my friends at J&D Waterproofing. For every waterproofing or foundation repair, a portion of the proceeds go to the Light of Life Rescue Mission or the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hello, this is Ralph Sindrich. I'm proud to be a part of this program and such a fine service to be offered to the community. For every job commitment, I'll provide a signed copy of my book, NFL Broke. Call for a free estimate at 1-800-VERY-DRY. That's 1-800-VERY-DRY. Or visit us on the web at jdwaterproofing.com. Aretha Franklin has passed away. We've uh, talked about that a couple of times. But according to the Detroit Free Press, Aretha Franklin, the Queen of Soul, has died with no will or trust for her reported $80 million estate. Oh, my. What happens to an $80 million estate when you don't have a will? Here's what they say. I'm reading this from uh, ET Online. Per the site, Franklin's four children, Clarence, 63, Edward, 61, Ted, 54, and Kikalf, 48, filed a document Tuesday listing themselves as interested parties in her estate. Franklin's niece, Sabrina Owens, asked the court to appoint her as a personal representative of the estate. The case is assigned to Judge Jennifer Callahan. Quote, I was after her for a number of years to do a trust. Los Angeles attorney Don Wilson, who represented Franklin for 28 years, told the Detroit Free Press. It would have expedited things and kept them out of a probate and kept things private. According to Michigan law, Franklin's kids will inherit everything. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. Okay, at least it worked out that way. Seriously, that's just not that's just not responsible. Uh, I, don't I mean, know. you're making things so hard on your family. And you'd think that, you know, I mean, $80 million, all the people that are in charge of that $80 million would have gone, Aretha, sign this piece of paper and do the right thing. Split this up between your kids and make it simple. I don't get it. Well, at least they're in a state where her kids are going to get the money. Yeah. I think that's the important thing, right? I think so. I was just reading a story today about a woman who passed away a couple years ago. She was some multimillionaire of, of, out of some, you know, someplace. Well, I was going to say something that she was. She was some, <laughs> some multimillionaire gonna... out of some, some. No. The I key was... word for today is some. I was trying not to be like pedantic and like well, sound you, like, well, it's just something well, she did. You, she you had failed a, in that she one. She had a career. She had a career uh-huh. that garnered her several million dollars. Anyway. For doing something. She left like 80% of her funds to her two dogs mm. and none to her kids. Well, that's Leona Helmsley. Remember that? That was a very famous The case. hotel mogul. Yeah. It might have been her. Uh-huh. Leona Helmsley. You know what? Helmsley. That probably popped up because there was a story about Aretha's will. Uh-huh. And then probably the Leona Helmsley thing. Yeah. Those dogs lived for a number of years. Uh, Leona Helmsley. Her husband owned- um, Did the dogs have a will? 
Uh, yeah. What happened when they passed on? I wonder what happened to that. She had to have some, well, you, you're going to leave money to your dogs. That's a little over-grooming, I guess. You think? too much careful. You yeah. think that yeah. is a lot of over-grooming? Yeah. Um, okay, I need to ask you your opinion on this. This is a BBC story I saw today oh, about thing. work environments. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we've worked in different environment like we we've watched kind of the offices change in their here yeah in their the studio right and how they how they fit together so there were a lot of cubicles at some point and then they took some of the cubicles down and then they put not a table us. in but not for us back in the sales right office. so they've just kind of moved around a couple people who had cubicles back in the sales office now have cubicles that are kind of out in the hall here hmm. right it's just kind of interesting how it's morphed around yeah we have had our same offices all this time thank goodness now my office is super duper small. Mine is too. Yeah, well, yours is bigger than mine, which a is fine. A little bit. I mean, you've been here a lot longer, but my, mine is really, really small. But it has a window and a door, and that is key. That oh, yeah. is all. I, I just love a window. Me so much. too. But when when we're doing a pre show meeting, the three of us, it's super tight. <laughs> well, generally, a pre-show meeting involves Mike getting my chair from my office, me sitting in a little corner chair in Cass' office, and the three of us huddled in there. And all breathing the same air. Yeah. What the heck was that? That's kind of what it's like. Yeah, a little tight. Anyway, the BBC story I mentioned uh, talks about workers in open plan offices uh-huh. Okay, are more active and less stressed than those with desks and cubicles or private offices. I don't think so. I doubt that. I don't want to know what's going on over there. Okay, Okay. this could be, they say, because they make the effort to find privacy to talk away from their desk. Okay, The U.S. study used chest sensors to track movement and heart rate in hundreds of people in different buildings over three days. The potential health benefits should not be ignored, they said. Okay, So... They said office workers tended to be a sedentary group compared to other workers, making them more likely to have health issues, including heart problems, tiredness, bad moods, blah, blah, blah. So being more active is better. And so they say if you're in an open plan where you have to walk around all the time, that's what's best for you. Right. So they put a sensor on me. I mean, holy smokes. Because when I close my door you know, during the day, mm-hmm. I'm busy. I need to relax a little bit. So those sensors would pick up a lot of different well, things. Well, they'd pick up one thing. You know what they'd pick up? Like that day he napped. Exactly. Yeah. I remember that day. I mean, I'm relaxed. It gets a little stressful in there. You just got to shut it down. That was a great day at the station, wasn't it, Mike? Close the door. I Listen, I'm all- I absolutely loved it. That is not really me. That is not really yeah, it me. Is. That is no, not- it is. I recorded you. Yeah, Mike recorded <laughs> it. That is not this me. This is the yeah, recording of you in the office. <laughs> you need, do you have a deviated septum? No, no, I'm fine. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, no, I'm fine. That is not me. Okay, I'm just saying, you put a sensor on me, everything is going to be fine. All right, but another thing that could improve your health are these uh, scooters. What are they called? Oh, yeah, yeah. How about this? I want to do this. Uh, there's something called Scooby. Scooby scooters zip along Pittsburgh streets. This is from the, today's PG. Now, um, you can – all these – how many – there's, so many, there's like several hundred of these scooters – uh, Are these like the bikes where you can yes, where they they exactly. you put your money in and so you take a scooter and then you can return it to another scooter place? That's exactly. It. Now you have to get an app, uh, this Scooby app, and then the app will show you throughout Metropolitan Pittsburgh where these scooters are located. 
uh, since July, 7,661 users have downloaded the Scooby app. Yeah, but have they actually used the scooters, I think is the question. I've downloaded a lot of apps I haven't used. Yeah, well, I would think that, you know, well, maybe not all those people have. Here's the deal. So you uh, you can go anywhere as long as you stay on the roads. Okay. Uh, uh, 35 miles uh, per hour is the top speed of these scooters. Can you imagine going 35 miles an hour in that that's scooter? Unsafe. That's ridiculous. No, 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 no. no. If that's you're like, that's no, no, crazy. No, listen. If you if get you, hit by that. Oh, if my gosh. I'm not saying it's safe, but uh, if you're driving, if you're like in Oakland, right? You're in Oakland, you know, at the university, and you want to drive over to Squirrel Hill and get a little, or to get something to eat. You can get on one of those little scooters and drive over there. You are going to... You are going to go from Oakland to Squirrel Hill yeah. on a scooter. Sure. You're out of your mind. No, why? Because, what, are you going to go up Wilkins Avenue on a scooter? Maybe. I'm not going to go up Nagley, I'll tell you well, that. <laughs> Both are bad choices. Yeah, okay. So uh, 30, they go 30 to 35 miles an hour. Ride costs $5 for the first team. <laughs> Hold on. The ride costs five dollars for the first fifteen minutes, and then wow, five bucks, twenty-five cents for each additional minute. Are they gonna, wow, that's a ripoff. Are they going to incorporate a scooter lane next to the bike lanes? Oh, that's we're a actually good going to not have any automobile lanes that's, shortly. That's right. Seriously, uh huh. You can purchase and park at a destination. Uh, the okay, meter so, continues to run. Okay, so first of all, I'm going to be I'm going to be scootering mm-hmm. from Oakland to Squirrel Hill in this fantasy world that yeah, you're in. Yeah, but if you don't have a car, say you don't have a car, yeah. and you just need to go to the store quickly or something, you're going to go to the store on a scooter. Sure, you would. You take a back <laughs> take a backpack. No way. Take a backpack and put your peaches and your milk and you're, whatnot. You're right, your gallon of milk. Yeah, and you right. just drive back home. I mean, your dog food, everything's going there. You get right on the scooter. Yeah. And go back from Squirrel Hill, Oakland. Five bucks for the first 15 minutes? I would be happy to do that. Get out of here. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze, presents the 2018 Westminster Conference, Saturday, September 8th, at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God, preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. You can't change the whole world, but you can be part of the change in the world for a child living in poverty by becoming a Compassion International Child Sponsor. You can choose a child to sponsor now at Compassion.com slash radio. That's Compassion.com slash radio. These past couple of weeks... I have spent uh, as soon as the well as soon as I go home, we eat dinner on the porch, mm. and then my family nice. goes about their thing. I get this porch; it's the best part of my house mm. because when I turn to my left as the sun sets, I get to see the rising moon. So every night, as now the moon is going through its new phase, and not, and not soon, in a couple of days, it'll be full. It's just been absolutely mm. gorgeous to sit there, you know. Last night, do you do this? I mean, I tell you, last night I had a deeply spiritual experience praising God on my front porch watching the moon rise. 
And it just comes unexpected, you know, mm-hmm. those moments where you go, oh, Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and you start to praise God and yep. you're, you're with me and I see you here and I, you know, I just yep. thank you for all. Th- I just love it so much. And it, here's August. We are in mid-August and the season is going to change soon and pretty soon we'll be inside and ensconced for another fall and winter. I, I mourn the passing of that, oh, but I sure love this time now, this season of port sitting. Highly recommended. I know that you're a port sitter. Oh, Kath. my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned earlier today that uh, my uh, trees were cut down. Yeah. My big, gigantic old trees. change everything. Anyway, uh, a nest of baby squirrels was knocked out. Oh. And so uh, the two guys who were cutting my trees down were so gentle and kind with these little squirrels. Anyway, they were so small. I've never seen a baby squirrel before. But it's one of those moments. Seriously, I went over and looked at them, and I thought, Jesus, you... What an amazing creation. Praise Look at you this for thing. all this. Yeah. Look at all of these things. Like, I'd never seen yeah. a baby. Look at the... Just, Squirrels are going to be okay? The creati- They're going to be taken care of completely. Excellent. Hey, thanks for being with us. See you tomorrow. God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.